Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lesson that was read earlier, the picture of Jesus giving of him as our good shepherd. Whenever I come to Good Shepherd Sunday, I think of my mom. She was my Sunday school teacher for a couple of years. In one year, she gave us the assignment. I'm going to have you all memorize the 23rd Psalm. Okay. And so we're going to read through it. So we read through it a couple of times. And then I kind of raised my hand and said, Mom, I got a question. She goes, what? Why don't I want Jesus as my shepherd? She looked at me kind of puzzled. We do want Jesus as a shepherd. Well, but, but listen to that first line. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then she explains, it's not that you don't want him as your shepherd, that the Lord is our shepherd, so we are not in want. And so then it's like, okay, that makes sense. But, but in my mind, it was like, it didn't make any sense to me. But, but then explaining it, it did, that we would not be without anything. The Lord is our shepherd that we do want, because he provides for us. And, and today's gospel lesson really explains what it means to have the shepherd of our Lord, our Lord as our shepherd. So we're going to go over it. And I put in the head, uh, Janet put in the, the bulletin uh, an outline to kind of follow. And, and what I did is I, I grouped the first two, or the first and the last verse together. And then the rest of the, of the text is really in, in two different sections. But through it all, we're going to see that, that our Lord is our good shepherd who has come to bring us life. A life of freedom and a life of security. And so let's look at the first and the last verse together. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you. He who does not enter the sheep pool by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And I group these together because both of these verses, the beginning of the section and the end of the section, really speak about two different forces, right? In both of the first verse and the last verse, it speaks about first thieves and robbers. And notice right away that this is in the plural, right? That there are thieves and robbers out there in the world. And in the context, these are thieves and robbers who want to draw away God's sheep from their Lord. There are those who are out there trying to pull us away from God. And notice that Jesus speaks about thieves and robbers. They do not come in by the door. They come in by another way. And what Jesus is making clear there is that the thieves and robbers do not come at you with the truth. They, they try to work around the truth of Scripture. They even try to take Scripture and turn it and twist it to make it fit what they want. Because they're trying to draw you away from the Lord. That there are thieves and robbers trying to separate you from God. And Jesus tells us what their goal is. To steal, to kill, and destroy. And that's really a powerful image. The, the idea to steal. That, that there are those out there trying to separate you from the one who loves you. Trying to bring you away from the one who provides for you and, and guides you. And to kill. Doesn't that bring in the image of the slaughter? The idea that, of using the sheep for his own purposes. And to destroy that, that nothing has remained. And that's what those who lead us away from the Lord lead us to, right? It's, it's the destruction. And so the Lord says, there are those forces out there trying to lead you away from me. But there's another side, right? The other side is the shepherd. And notice, this isn't the singular. There's only one shepherd. That shepherd is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the only one. And notice, he comes to the front door. He doesn't have to hide. He doesn't have to climb in the other way. He comes in with the truth. With the truth about ourselves and our sinfulness, the truth about him and his love for us and what he's done for us. 
He doesn't have to trick or trap. He simply proclaims the truth. And he does so to offer life. And notice the contrast. The thieves come to steal, kill, and destroy. The Lord comes to offer life. Life that is abundant. When we talk about abundant life, we talk about life now, that he wants you to have, have an abundant life today. But also it's very clear, isn't it? That abundant life is eternal life. A life today that is with the Lord and a life with the Lord that never comes to an end. So, so this sets the stage for, for the rest of this image of Jesus as the shepherd. But now we're going to look at the rest of this text in two parts. And the first part, verses 2 to 5, really talks about the shepherd and dealing with the sheep in the village. And so we, we pick it up in verse 2. But he who comes enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So this is a picture again of the shepherd with the sheep in town. Because during the day, where, where are the sheep and the shepherd? Out in the field, right? Grazing, getting fed, getting nourished, protected. But in the evening, they're brought back into the village, into the sheepfold, for protection and, and care. And so they, they sleep overnight, but then in the morning, it's time to go back out in the field, right? And so the shepherd comes, and because he's the shepherd known of those sheep, the gatekeeper who's looking after the sheep in the meantime knows him. The sheep hear his voice and follow him. Because each shepherd has a unique voice. And each shepherd has a unique call. And, and the sheep are trained to, to listen to that voice and to listen to that call. When they hear it, associate with one who protects, one who guides, one who's concerned about them. And, and with that connection, then, they follow them. And this is important because as you're going out of the village, it's not just a one-shepherd village. There, there's other shepherds and there are other sheep, maybe even a couple robbers and thieves along the way, and so, which voice are they going to follow? They have to be honed in on their shepherd and know his voice to follow him and follow him alone. And that's why Jesus says that, that being trained in that voice, they're not going to follow anyone else. They're going to listen to the voice that leads them to safety and protection and nourishment. And so, we see here the implication for us, do we not? You, you have a good shepherd. And the shepherd has come and made his known voice known to you. And he wants you to hear it and he wants you to follow it. That's why he comes to you and he spoke to you. That voice spoke to you over the waters of baptism and claimed you as his own, made you a sheep in his sheepfold. And having started there, or for some, starting later, he's spoken through his word, which is also his voice. And in his voice, what has he told you? His voice has told you that, that though you are a sinner, though you have failed, you are loved and you are forgiven. That the shepherd comes and speaks over you through his word and tells you that he died for you, that he rose for you, that you belong to him, and that even when you fail, he still will be there ready to receive you back. The Lord wants you to hear that voice and follow that voice. The Lord wants you trained in that voice. Because there are other voices out there. Aren't there other voices in this world calling you to follow them? Isn't there even our sinful voice calling us to follow the way that we want? I don't know if there's ever been so many voices. When you think about all the media and all the exposure that we have to the temptation and everything else going on. And our Lord wants us to, to follow His voice. 
And yet, do we? Or do we follow some of the other voices at times? See, the problem of the voices of the world is, is they're so tempting. They sound so good, and they offer so many things. They offer you direction. They offer you purpose. They offer you enjoyment. They offer you comfort. They offer you peace. We what they say to you. And they appeal to our inner nature, right? Because it's a voice that says, follow what you desire, what you want, your passions. And so it's all easy to follow those voices. But again, what does he say about those voices? They lead to destruction. And the problem is that when we follow those voices, we're training our ears to listen to that voice. The more we find ourselves following the way of the world, the more we find ourselves giving in to our temptation to sin, are we not training our ear and our heart to follow something other than the Lord? Isn't that where the danger comes in? Because if we start to hear those voices and listen to only those voices, isn't the voice of the shepherd pushed further and further aside? That's why our Lord tells us uh, again and again to turn away from sin, to turn away from the sinful world, because the more we give in, the more trained we are in that. And the further we move from the voice of the shepherd that wants to offer us life. So let's go back to the text. And this, this time, the other section, this is really about shepherding out in the country. We pick it up in verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. So again, this is a description of the shepherd out in the country. Because as the season progresses, the grass gets scarcer and scarcer, right? The shepherd has to lead the sheep out further and further to find good grass. That's one of the skills of a shepherd is to find fields that, 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 that the sheep can be nourished, especially when it starts to get scarce. But if you think about it, if you get further and further away from the village, there's going to be a point in which you can't make it back to the village at night, or it's not practical, Right? So they had sheepfolds out in the country that were basically four walls with uh, no covering, but an opening in one of the walls that didn't really have a door, but just an opening so you could go in and go out. And so when Jesus says that the shepherd is the door to the sheep, he'd bring the sheep in at night, and then he'd sit there in the door, in the entrance, and he becomes the door, right? Those fired by night so that he is okay, and sleeps across the opening so he keeps the sheep in, but also keep in mind, now he's out in the country, he doesn't have to travel as far. So during the day, the sheep can leave and go out in the field just outside and come back. They can go in and out. Why? Because the shepherd's there. He, he's watchful eyes looking for the beast that might attack or an enemy that might come and steal them away. They're under his guidance and his protection. But it's really kind of a life of freedom and security, isn't it? Sheep can go in and out. They're fine because they're under the protection of the shepherd. Isn't that the image that our Lord has for us? Our Lord wants us to hear his voice and follow his voice. And in so doing, have a life of freedom and a life of security. The Lord has blessed you with many gifts in your life, has he not? Think about all the things that you own and possess and you have. What does the Lord want you to do with them? Use them to his honor and glory, but enjoy them. And use them for the benefit of your neighbor. The Lord has given you special interests and talents. Right? There are special things that are important to you, and you have abilities to do things that, that, that you enjoy. Why did he give them to you? But to use them. To use them so that you can enjoy them, but also, especially that 
you can also use it for the benefit of your neighbor. The Lord's placed people in your life, has not? People to love and be loved by? What does the Lord want you to do? To enjoy them. To enjoy their company. To celebrate with them, rejoice with them, comfort one another in difficulty. To, to, to be there. And, and this is what he's talking about when he's talking about a, a life in which you go in and out and find pasture. It's simply enjoying all the benefits that God has given you with thanksgiving. Knowing that all you possess is a gift of God and used to his honor and to his glory. He loved you enough to suffer, to die, and to rise for you. Doesn't he want you to enjoy your life now? And also then eternally. But, but while we wait for eternity, again, that image of the shepherd is one with a watchful eye. The reason you can go in and out and enjoy this life is you have a Lord that's watching over you. He guards and protects you, steers you away from that voice that would lead to destruction. He guides you in, in a way that leads to Him. He continues to speak to you. His voice continues to come to you so that you trust in it and you know it. And He also sends His angels over you to guard and protect you, to preserve for you. Because when He says He wants you to have life and have it abundantly, He wants you to enjoy this life, but he, most of all, He wants you to enjoy the life yet to come. So as you live out this life, the, the guarding shepherd is looking over you and protecting you so that you receive that abundant life of eternity. A life forever in his care and in his love. A life that never ends. A life with the Lord that, that loves you and provides for you. Um, again, I think about my conversation with my mom, me mixing up the verse. It, it really, to have the conversation, helped me understand that, that the Lord is the shepherd because he provides all that I need. What my own mom also stressed, and what we see within the scriptures, is that he does it for one reason. He loves you. There's no other reason for him to be your shepherd. There's nothing special about you in the way that you deserve his favor and his love, but he loves you anyway. And, and out of his love for you, he promises to lead and guide you to give you life now and life forever. And that's what it means to have a good shepherd, an eternal now may the peace of God which passes all human understanding guide our hearts and minds through faith, life everlasting.